0: Dragon Ball Super Super, 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 super dope, yo! Heard the Dragon Ball Super, you fucking know what to do, man. Listen to Dragon Ball Super Dope. Uh, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. That's a thing. Go, I guess, listen to us on YouTube. I don't know. Bow, 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 bow. Motherfuckin' Satisfaction I've dropped like six F-bombs In the first 30 seconds I wonder what that makes As a first impression on you But I've been real sick For the last three days So I don't Don't really give a fuck No, I don't really, really Give a fuck Woo! Welcome to the Dragon Ball Super Dope, episode 63. Let's go let the song play out now, because if I don't, I'm a dick. Thanks for tuning in to Dragon Ball Super Dope and hanging with me through that rough-ass intro. My name is Kyle. Uh, Episode's up a little late this week. I have been sick for the first time in a long time, seemingly. I got the shit kicked out of me with a cold over the last three days, so still kind of coming back around. Uh, If you can hear it in my voice, I apologize. Please bear with me. Uh, Episode 63 today. So a couple of weeks back, I'd watched 62 and got so pumped up knowing what episode 63 held that I went ahead and watched the sub of 63. A couple weeks back. So the episode was really fresh in my mind. And, and you know, i watched the dub a couple of times before having recorded, uh, this episode today. It's Wednesday afternoon right now, Wednesday. No, it's fucking, it's Tuesday afternoon, right? Yeah. No, it's Tuesday afternoon. I'm a mess, man. Staying in bed for like two days straight. I don't know. I don't know what day it is apparently, but I'd already watched 63. So I had a good idea on what to expect. Um, And I'll be honest when I say, you know, I'm obviously a huge Vegeta fan. Um, This episode is one of the best Vegeta episodes, not just of Super, but of all of the Dragon Ball that we've seen ever. Z, GT, Super, all the movies. This is one of the most badass Vegeta moments fucking ever. Definitely top three. And I'm coming up really short on uh, comparisons. Um... You know, for those other top two in the top three, but I don't know. Tweet at me, man. Tell me what your top three are. Uh, DB Super Dope 1 on Twitter. I think this episode 63 is. God damn, dude. I still get chills just thinking about it now. I remember when I first watched the sub, like, I rewound it a few different times. And every time that. Fajita-sama! I was like, motherfucker, I'm gonna go burn a house down. I'm so amped up. This dude is kicking the shit out of Goku Black right now, and calling him a phony and a counterfeit. Chris Sabit, man, you fucking nailed those lines today, dude. Oh my god, honestly, if I'm being honest, uh, I think I prefer the Japanese just because I'm more inclined to watch and you know, watch the subs. Um, but as far as Sabbat's delivery on those lines today, obviously they. Changed a couple of things, but it wasn't anything massive. Um, it was, it was so bad. I'm the Almighty Prince Vegeta. That's why. <laughs> oh Jesus, man! What a great fucking episode. So let me let me try to work through my notes here. I'm, I'm kind of, oh, man, it's gonna be a toughie. All right, I got this. Uh, episode opens up. Bulma is fixing the time machine. Kind of reaffirming to herself, Goku and Vegeta, they're gonna find a way to stop this motherfucker. Show to the room of space and time, uh, spirit and time, time chamber, hyperbolic time chamber. There's so many different, I call it the room of space and time. And I understand that a lot of people call it the hyperbolic time chamber because I think that's what Z called it back in the late 90s to early aughts. But it's a room of space and time okay vegeta just blew it up because vegeta can do that now like (laughs) he can just fucking interdimensional walls just explodes explodes it explodes it (laughs) uh flash forward to the future trunks is resting uh my gives him a sensu mean oh no just kidding it's not my it's yajirobi and yajirobi obviously just made out with trunks in order to make that happen just kidding also, did anyone else notice that Trunks is shirtless in this scene with bandages wrapped around him, presumably with like some broken ribs or something? And he's only got one nipple. Like the other part of of he's only like the other part where the nipple should be the second nipple, it's not covered by a bandage. Where's his nipple? Unless he's got weirdly placed nipples. Nitpick. I know that's what happens, but <laughs> he's like, yo, where's my girlfriend Maya at? Mai at? My. And uh Yajirubi lets him know, hey, she's got this plan um you know she thinks that th- she thinks that the reason that these things keep happening to you and you keep you know coming so close to death is because we rely on you too much, so she's gonna go end it herself, uh flash to my two soldiers uh from her resistance squad. They're loading in a gun on a mountainside several hundred yards away from where Black and Zamasu are having tea and just stroking each other's cocks so uh, she explains this was a bullet that was made by Boma of this timeline that has like several times more kinetic power uh, than a normal bullet. I'm gonna hit this motherfucker. He's gonna die. I'm ending it now. So I remember when I first watched this, the sub when it first aired, I was like, "Really? That's where we're at, guys. We're gonna shoot people. We're gonna we're gonna snipe." I understand this is a desperate situation, but. You're fighting um, two gods, one who is, you know, immortal, invincible, whatever you want to say. And then one who has the body of the strongest fighter of all time. So we're going to snipe him. Yeah, that's the that's the play, huh? All right. Well, um, weak, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like thinking about it, I mean, that's kind of what they do in Pikatsu no F, right? Um, Sorbet, that little green turtle looking motherfucker with a big ass yellow nose. He like hops out of nowhere with a laser beam but because Goku wasn't, you know, fully alert or on guard or whatever, uh, punctures a hole through his heart or whatever. So I guess there's precedent for it. I can't believe I was so quick to um throw that aside. The first time I watched this arc, that was that was like the first sign of this arc for me really being like, eh. God, I hope they don't do more shit like that. And, uh, you know, I think we all know it gets just progressively worse from here. Save for Vegito showing up for a hot five minutes. So uh, whatever. My misses clips his ear. Um, Trunk shows up as uh, Black and Zamasu go to shoot a blast at them and the soldiers. Mine and her soldiers. Trunk shows up, deflects it. Trunks is all, you know, zenkai up. He's super strong powers up has that you know blue aura mixed in it's not quite like that rage state where he loses his pupils but there is a quick shot where um you know when he powers up for the first time like you see the blue aura come over him and you see him swell to like that crazy super super saiyan fucking two thing that he gets in the cell games for a second and then it retracts and he goes back down i i didn't really catch that i caught that today when i rewatched it but uh I thought that was pretty cool. But again, Super Saiyan Rage is a transformation. If you heard me bitch about it on the last episode, God bless you. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it and uh, join in the fucking misery. That is me. Um, Trunks puts on a really good show in terms of, you know, fighting Zamasu and Black at the same time. Got some cool sword action going back and forth with Black with his, you know, kinetic blade there. And, um, you know, Black makes the comment of like, fuck that toy sword of yours, you know. Best part, dude, Trunks just fucking throws it at him. And he's like, fuck you, son. My hands, my fists. Those are the real weapons. Punches him. Guides him through, like, I think it's a couple buildings. And then he just gives him the Gallic gun right to his chest. And you're like, yeah, Trunks. Eh. And you're like, that's cool. It looks like for a second that Black's dead. And Not for any stretch of the imagination. I think us as Dragon Ball fans are kind of... um Condition to know that it wouldn't just end like that even though black looks like he's fucking done for a minute but that's when you know trunks drops back down to get his sword and you know catches the reflection of zamasu and the sword behind him he's like if i could just take care of you now they go at it for a little bit at which point um you know it looks like zamasu is about to finish off trunks and my again fucking my bullets guns i i she shoots Zamasu with some kind of fucking shotgun thing and distracts him for half of a second. Thankfully, Trunks slips out and then gets him in a full Nelson and he's like, All right, motherfucker, you can't regenerate if there's nothing left to regenerate. So I'm gonna blow this whole thing up right now. Apparently, self-destruct's been on the mind of uh you know the guy of Toriyama and the people who run the anime for, for a bit during Super because This is the first time, and I didn't really think much of it, because ultimately, he goes to do it, and it doesn't happen, because Black comes up and shoots a, you know, puts a a blade through the back of his torso, whatever. But people over at Toei and Toriyama, like, man, they're all about that self-destruct shit in uh, Dragon Ball Super, right? I mean, they do it a few times in Dragon Ball Z, too, but, like, this is the first time they try to do it, and then they do it, like, what, fucking two, three times during the Tournament of Power? Like... Jesus H Christ. I think 17 does it three times himself. Never mind the fucking time Vegeta does it, right? Is that it? I don't. Maybe it's two times for 17, one time for Vegeta. Like, fuck off, man. Blow it. Yep. That's the solution. Just blow yourself up. How is that always their fucking solution? Just blow ourselves up. Huh. Take a break. Uh this episode is brought to you by uh Four Roses Bourbon. Uh, on ice because my voice hurts, man. Um, uh, all right. As Goku Black puts the blade through uh Trunks' chest, Trunks drops half a second later. Uh, they sense Goku Vegeta and Bulma show back up in the time machine. They're like, oh, f- they're back. All right, cool. They land, uh, the three of them get out of the time machine. They they immediately comment, um, you know, man, Trunks' energy is fading fast. Like, this isn't good. And Bulma doesn't Bulma kinda needs it spelled out for her. She's like, What does that mean? He's going to die, basically. To which Bulma says, Well, why the fuck don't you guys get out there and go, go go rescue him? To which Vegeta responds, they're already here. And boom, Black and Zamasu are there. First thing, Black obviously has to blow up the time machine. Boom. Unbeknownst to us, the Mafuba jar is inside. The whole effing plan was for them to come back and use the evil containment wave, pop that motherfucker in a rice jar, What do they do? First thing they do is lose the fucking rice jar. So, okay, great. Now we can do this uh, thing with our fists, basically, is how they they put it in the dub. But they do have a really good back and forth, and Vegeta carries a lot of it. And, uh, you know, something to the effect of, like, for a god, you seem fucking confused, homeboy. This is your resting place. Uh, They realize that the jar was blown up. But at the same time, Gowasu uh, and Kaioshin, uh they show up with their time rings and Gwasu kind of you know tries to lay it on like i feel like i'm responsible i feel like i should be here how could you do this this part of the story never made much sense to me and i feel like is only used as a way to introduce vegeto like when episode 63 was going on they were like oh man we gotta figure out a way to bring a vegeto to this thing now all right well how did they do that well we need patara earrings who has patara earrings uh, these guys do, but are they going to give them tar earrings? No, they're not. What do we got to do? Get some motherfucking Kai's there. What the fuck did the Kai's think they could accomplish by going forward in the future? Yeah, Gowasu, I get it. Like, you're upset that this was your uh, apprentice and you apparently steered him down the wrong path at a certain point or you just you picked the wrong apprentice. Whatever the fuck that guilt traces back to. What the fuck is this going to accomplish? What does this accomplish? What the fuck are you going to do? so goku and vegeta give him the option you guys can get the fuck out of here like it's probably safer and guasu's like no man i'm I'm sticking this out and kyle Shin's like all right well i'll stick it out too if he's staying and goku's like you you don't seem so sure of that you motherfucker you sure you want to stay and kyle Shin's like hey goku you paint me in a terrible light i'm the i'm the kai of universe seven don't be rude and this was one of my favorite, and it's it's like such a quick, okay, it's a beat, and Goku just goes, seriously? Like in that beat, I imagine that Goku just had like a walk down memory lane of all the times that Kyle Shin was just acting like a big old bitch. Like we all remember when Kyle Shin came in in the Majin Buu arc. We're like, who the hell is this dude? I bet you he's mad powerful. Oh, dude. Like I was like fucking nine, 10 years old watching. You know, subs that were bootlegged on VHS's, and I'm just like, oh my God, I've never seen this person before. This person must be really important. He seems like, like, if him just come in off the street like this, like, I wonder what his role is. And then after the initial, whatever the fucking introduction is for him, he's just a bitch. He's just afraid the whole time. Like, they get transported into Bobbity's ship. And Goku, Gohan, and Vegeta are all making real light of the situation for the most part, doing rock, paper, scissors to figure out who's going to fight who and who's going to fight first. You know, that shit is some of the best Dragon Ball Z to me. Like that funny, like we've got no respect or any like real concern or caution for this dire situation that everybody feels that we're in. We're just Saiyans. So we, uh, we just want to have a good time and, and fight and see how powerful these people are. Uh, Kyle Shin starts acting like a bitch right around then. How can you guys be taking this so lightly? So Goku, in that beat, I imagine he just takes a quick stroll down memory lane, uh, gathers up all of these memories of acting like a complete bitch, and he's just like, seriously? All right, dude, I gave you the option. Uh, all right, Vegeta, you ready to do this? Okay, yeah, let's fight. First order of business, they got to figure out who's fighting who. Vegeta's, uh, Goku says to Vegeta, which one do you want? The one that looks like you, obviously. This is one differentiation from the sub to the dub, you know, based off the subs that I've watched. You know, who knows how accurate the translations are. I obviously don't speak Japanese firsthand myself. So, this is one little change I noticed from the sub to the dub that I kind of didn't like. Only because it kind of took the arrogance out of Vegeta a little bit. So, in the sub, he's like, I'm taking the one that looks like you, obviously. I'm superior to the real you in in every way. Like, there's no way I'm going to lose to a fake you. And the dub said... I'm going to take the one that looks like you. Goku responds something to the effect of you sound pretty confident. He's like, yeah, man, I'm not afraid of the real you. Why would I be afraid of a counterfeit you afraid versus superior? I'm superior to the real you. You know, obviously I'm going to be superior to a fake you. That's where the dub changed it to. I'm not afraid of the real you. Why would I be afraid of a counterfeit you? So, not a huge, huge change, but... I feel like the Japanese does a little bit more of a prideful, boastful, arrogant, cocky fucking Vegeta. And that's why we love Vegeta, no? He's the biggest dickhead in the world. He's so fucking funny. Um, I feel like that does a little bit of a better job expressing his cockiness. And not to mention, if you really think about it... Vegeta just blew up the fucking room of space and time. He just got in an extra year of training... While Goku was off learning the Mafuba from Roshi. Theoretically... Vegeta does have, you know, the jump on Goku when stepping into this fight. Obviously, Goku, we don't see him utilize um uh, Super Saiyan Blue Kaioken times 20, uh, I don't think throughout the duration of this, but um you know, Vegeta currently in the SSB versus Goku's SSB without the Kaioken multiplier, multiplayer? multiplier, multiplier, um is probably stronger. So, he just kind of launches right off and, you know, he he punches black in the face and Black and sense it right away. How the fuck did you get so much more powerful? I don't understand it. Obviously, he don't know about the hyperbolic time chamber guy. So, um, kind of goes throughout the fight. Vegeta just kind of pounds him, lets him know, hey, I'm the fucking prince, bitch. And at a certain point, he just looks at him and goes, I think the sub said, uh, I believe the sub said, shall I tell you where you miscalculated? Dub says something to the effect of, should I tell you where you messed up now? Although the lines are changed a little bit, and I'm not going to go to the fucking length of reading what the sub looks like and then telling you what they did in the dubs, it's it's fucking inconsequential. The little minor changes here are so—that's exactly what they are. They're minor. Like, it, the, the the sentiment is still expressed here. Kurt Cowell's delivery of this, I think, it's it's one of those moments that still makes me fucking jump up. Like, if, like if I had to go, like, run into war tomorrow, I mean, I don't mean to, like— feel like a veteran listening to this show i'm not trying to denigrate whatever the fuck it is that you guys do like i i love and respect you and thank you for your service but if i had to go run into a wardrobe i had to get amped up real quick i'm probably gonna watch this scene on loop like 10 fucking times run out my front door and be like i'm probably watching it in the subs um that being said sabbath doesn't awesome fucking job you know i am the almighty prince vegeta at the end of it and you feel it man you fucking feel it and that's kind of really where the episode ends for the week so we got uh we got some fun stuff to look forward to and by fun stuff i mean not much over the next couple weeks i i think it's you know trunks watching piccolo on an iphone or something like that i don't fucking know uh i remember i remember the the introduction of iphones to dragon ball and dragon ball super really kind of fucked with me a little bit I'm like, ah, shit, this is how it is now, huh? Like, call each other on the phone and shit and send each other videos. Like, that's weird. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, that's it for the week. So um, next couple weeks, we'll see. But I, I think 66 is when Vegito shows up, I believe. I, I could be wrong. I, you'd think i just fucking Google it, right? I'm pretty sure it's 66 where he shows up. And um, if my calculations are correct, that should be, like, the second week of June. So uh, that'll be fun. We'll hopefully have a couple people in here to watch the Vegito and Zamasu fucking beat down. Because I remember that episode being super dope oh, right up until they fucking retconned the Patara. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, hate that. I fucking hate that retcon of the Patara. Um, I believe it's already been spoken in the series. So, but like the desperation of Vegito, of having to use Vegito, the desperation lies in the permanence of the fusing. Well, oh, Kyle Shin didn't know his stuff. He's a fucking idiot. That's how we chalked that one up. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. Uh, what else? So we talked a lot about Command Con last week as Command Con was going on. Uh, again, I'm bummed that I was not able to attend. Um, but I did get to watch, as I expected, like a lot of kids sitting in the fucking panel audiences and shit. Got their little phones out and they're making content for the YouTube channels. So there was a ton of panels that went up online this week. I didn't watch a lot of them, uh, mainly because... The few that I did watch were so 50 50. Either they were fucking amazing or I couldn't stand them. (laughs) There was really no in between. The people that I liked, I really, really liked. The people that I didn't like, I really did not like. Oh my God. Like, if I was in a room with this person, I'd probably be that guy in the audience being like, Boo words, Boo words, you suck. I mean, I probably wouldn't really do that. I'd probably just get up and leave. But in my heart of hearts, I'd be yelling out boo and you suck left and right. So, um, but I did watch a few of the things. I actually just watched another cool video too uh, of somebody just. I've been to a lot of conventions over the course of my life, mainly just like comic book toy conventions, you know, more general shit. Nothing as like specialized as, um, you know, a Dragon Ball specific convention, obviously, because there's not many of those going on in the world. Besides this one that happened the other day that I wasn't at. What the fuck? Uh I digress whatever. I, when I go to cons, I don't typically go to meet specific like celebrities or anything like that. I hate waiting in line. I got better shit to do. I'm probably looking for a beer. I'm probably trying to take a pee. I might have to go have a cigarette break. Like I hate waiting in lines for 2 hours to spend like 60 goddamn dollars for a signature uh of somebody that if I didn't meet them, I wouldn't really give that much of a shit or um, you know, people that if I do meet them and, you know, let's hope they don't suck because um, that will forever tarnish my impression of them. Um, I'll give you an example. A few years ago, uh, me and feds. What up, feds? Me and feds went to a terror con. Like neither of us fucking really are huge into horror or anything. But like the big celebrities come in, were like Linda Blair from The Fucking Exorcist and uh, Michael J. White. Michael Jai White? Michael Jai White? Now, for those of you who don't know Michael Jai White, he was the guy who played Spawn uh, in the 90s movie. But to me, he is Black Dynamite. Black Dynamite and his crew gotta do what I gotta do. I love Black Dynamite. That's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. Me and my friends literally just yell lines from Black Dynamite at each other literally every day. Like, me and feds can quote that whole fucking movie. It's, it's, It's rough, so... So, me and Feds get tickets to go to this con to go meet Michael J. White because, you know, Feds brings his DVD, wants to get that signed. They'd recently released a Black Dynamite comic book, and the guy at the comic book store knew that I was into Black Dynamite, so he told me, hey, you know, they're coming out with this, let so want me to put it aside for you. So, I got the first issue of Black Dynamite, like a super limited run, not many fucking people are going to buy it, not many people are going to read it, whatever, but I read it, I bought it, <laughs> I had Michael J. White sign it, so we get in line and like the way that this con was set. That's the other thing that fucking bugs me about cons sometimes is if they're poorly organized and you've got a bunch of fucking, I'm not going to call them assholes because uh, they're volunteers. But if you've got a bunch of idiot volunteers who kind of defer to one another and nobody really knows what the hell is going on in terms of organization, cons can be a very frustrating experience. Sometimes this happened to be one of those shitty cons. like. I, I I fucking it's the same people who do Rhode Island Comic Cons. So I don't want to talk too much smack. I'm I'm fucking happy that there's a Rhode Island Comic-Con in general, but man, if you listen to that episode that we did for Super Dope in November of me coming back from that con, I was so fucking aggravated with those people. It was poorly organized that year. And Terracon was also poorly organized in terms of how they set up lines. But I'm literally just being a fucking nerd bitching about cons. Let me get to the story. Um, there's this big ass line, and it's all for Linda Blair. And the way it works is you sit in this line, you get to the front of the line, and then you can either go to Linda Blair, the first table in front of us, or like one of four other celebrities that are along the line. So if you're not in line, you know, 85% of this line is there to fucking get a picture or get an autograph from Linda Blair. Nobody, it's literally just Black Dynamite and his fucking whomever assistant hanging out at this table. So I'm waiting there for like 25 minutes. I'm getting real impatient because again, I fucking hate lines. I'm like, yo, what's up, homie? Um, what's up with uh, Black Dynamite? Can I go? Like, I'm not here for Linda Blair. X is gonna suck my dick. So, can I walk down there and get my autograph? Sure enough, he lets me and Fed step out of line and go down and meet him. Now, as we start to walk down there, the guy pulls his back and he's like, oh, actually, no, he has to step away from his table right now. I'm like, what? Is he coming back? He's like, well, we're not sure. Again, people who just don't know what the fuck is going on are the, are typically the volunteers at these cons. So me and feds leave. Not the con, but we leave the line and we go off and we fucking you know get a couple beers and we walk around and look at the booths, get some merch, whatever. See, he's back at the table. Same deal. Hey, dude, he's back. Can I go over there? Yeah, sure. So we run over there and we're like, what up, BD? I don't think he'd like that, by the way. Uh, I don't think he liked being referred to as Black Dynamite, but, you know, I was, like, drinking. So I'm like, what's up, man? Like, I I really love the movie. Like, thanks so much. Like, I hope the TV show is going to be cool, which, by the way, no, it wasn't. Not very good at all. Uh, Really terrible, in fact. And uh, I gave him the comic to sign, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is cool, man. Yeah, I saw this. I saw one of these sell on eBay the other day for, like, $400. I think he was trying to imply that he thought me as a white dude was going to just collect his signature and then try to sell it on eBay because I'm like a fat, bald and white dude who's like at a comic book convention, whatever. No, I have that shit framed and on my wall to this day. Uh, But the fact that he had told somebody that I guess he'd said, oh, yeah, I was leaving to catch my flight, but it got delayed. And uh, yeah, I have to leave right now. So can't really talk to you guys. Bye. Get ups and leaves the table. It was just, it was so fucking weird. And then an hour later, we walk by him at the con and we're like, yo, you didn't leave to go catch your flight. You were just being kind of weird and rude. And I don't understand why. That's a good example to me as to why you should never fucking meet celebrities sometimes. Don't meet your heroes, dude, because sometimes your heroes are fucking dickheads. So point being in that long winded fucking story, when I go to cons, I'm typically looking for toys and shit. This kid was so cool as to take a YouTube video of him just walking around to different vendors and all the different toys that were at command con. Uh, no surprise, tons of bootlegs, lots of things I've already seen at cons in the past. Lots of really, really, really cool art. Um, that's one of my favorite, that's typically what I buy when I go to cons is I go find, you know, artists who make, you know, dragon ball or whatever kind of nerdy fucking art and, uh, try to find the really cool ones, you know? Um, I have a bunch of him on the wall from from Wiz Kaiu Wiz Kaiuza, Yakuza Wiz Yakuza. Fuck, dude, I should know how to say that dude's name. I've plugged him before on the podcast, you know. He's a, he's got a huge Instagram following, um, but like I got his stuff all over the wall. But I really prefer to just kind of stick to the art, just because like a lot of the merchandise, you know, it's it's overpriced for one, <laughs> uh, a lot of bootleg stuff and stuff that I've already seen for the most part. But I, I did like the fact that I got to, you know, quote unquote, walk the floor through this dude's YouTube video and see what they had there. Um, cause panels were never really my thing. And I, I don't know, mean celebrities is a, it's a risky fucking proposition for me. Um, but as far as panels that you should check out, I mean, obviously it's the Prince of all panels that Geekdom moderated. If you can hang with geekdom, uh, for an hour, uh, go listen to that panel. Uh, I'm sure I watched like the first 15 minutes of it before I had to, you know, clock out because I, it's tough sometimes, um, but I'll tell you who did the best panel. That I, I've watched like four or five panels from over the weekend. The best one I saw. It's called. It's by Mistare Fusion. All right, so M I S T A R E Fusion, and it's called Sparking Secret History of Dragon Ball. That fucking panel was fascinating to me. Definitely go check that out on YouTube. It talks a lot about how Toriyama interacted with the various editors that he had during his time on dragon ball and how those editors helped influence uh, a lot of the story and a lot of the villains even a few of the editors inspiring some of the villains that shit was fascinating to me i did not know most of what uh mr fusion was talking about um i mean it all makes sense in the way that he presents it but that was a really fascinating panel to me you guys should go check that out um so i'll give that one a huge thumbs up thumbs down um and he seems like a really nice dude, but I listened to like 20 minutes and I got so angry that I had to turn it off. And never listened to it again. It was Hale Zeon. Uh, he's a notorious GT apologist and I'm kind of a GT apologist to an extent. I like Dragon Ball GT more than most people, but um, God damn, it, it was more or less just a panel on how GT is better than Super, I think. But like the twenty minutes I saw was him just trying to explain away a lot of the problems of GT and I don't know if it was the presentation of it or his his overall presentation of him as a human being, but felt very uncomfortable and could not watch it. Uh if you like to feel uncomfortable while you watch things, go check out Hale Zian's video. Um there was also a Super Saiyan concert. So I guess a bunch of the old Falconer musicians, like the studio musicians, a lot of the guys who helped write and record all of the Dragon Ball Z dub soundtrack stuff, they're, they they didn't really get their proper recognition in that. And Geekdom does an awesome video kind of explaining the history of Falconer Productions that I suggest that you do check out. Um, but these guys are kind of the, I don't want to say they're forgotten people, but the people who... Definitely didn't get the amount of credit or you know recognition that they deserved. I guess a bunch of them put on a, a a concert of the dub soundtrack. And if you like the dub soundtrack, go check it out. Joey B. That one's that's like a that's like a wet dream you can masturbate to. A wet dream you can masturbate to. Wow. That's some fucking inception level jerk off joke there, right? I don't know. Not my cup of tea for sure. Also, Daquan Wilshire, if you listen to this podcast, I hope you know who he is. Because he gives the most impassioned Dragon Ball super reviews I've ever seen. Like I thought I was the most passionate Dragon Ball fan on the internet with the way that I yell when I'm not feeling like a sack of shit. uh, And how angry I get sometimes with the show or how pumped I get sometimes with this show. Um, I thought I was like one of the most passionate Dragon Ball fucking fans in the world until I started seeing Daquan Wilshire's videos. He is the loudest, angriest black dude. Not angry. I think angry is the wrong way to put it. Impassioned, loud for sure, like me. Um, he was a panelist at Kamehameha Khan this year. I did see a really cool video that some kids took on his cell phone of him in his panel room and somebody requests him to do a reenactment of a Kamehameha and he's like, what level motherfucker? <laughs> Ultra instinct. So what does he do? He takes a bunch of chairs and he like sets them up and I'm thinking like he's going to be like Dodging in between the chairs or some shit on the ground and then blasting. No, this crazy motherfucker literally jumps up on a fucking, like, takes a few steps, jumps up on a chair, ka, jumps to another chair, ha, like, almost busts his fucking ass wide open. And I'm like, all right, yeah, bad idea, Daquan. Fucking just do it on the ground. Nope. Runs back, starts it over again. Ka, and fucking, he manages to jump from, you know, like, four different chairs and blast this coming. Up that shit's a highlight, I love him If you don't know his videos, make sure you go check them out But if you listen to this, I'm sure you know Daquan He was uh, the original inspiration for the Sad Dragon Ball Super music I saw him yelling and I started yelling And we, we just yelled Man, I can't even say what, What's gonna happen on, on the next episode of Dragon Ball? I can't even say take it away from me tried to get i tried to actually get in touch with him so i could use his sound for the show that week but never heard back to Quan, not cool man not cool um oh yeah and i did speak last weekend about how some dude had the gall balls gall balls to propose to his chick on uh the red carpet at kamea on friday night right that's pretty cool no well somebody had to go and up their fucking game I saw a Bulma and Vegeta cosplay. Bunny Bulma, Bad Man Vegeta, get married at Kamehameha in front of a Saiyan pod, and the official of the wedding was Christopher Sabbath, voice of Vegeta. I don't know. like, I talked about the geek, nerd, charisma that a dude's got to have to be able to not only get his chick to command con for three days, but like have the balls to propose to her on the red carpet that night. This is a whole other level. Like not only did you get married there, not only did you do it in cosplay, not only did you do it in front of a fucking life-size Saiyan pot, you had it done by Vegeta. I the links that this fandom goes to sometimes, dude, it amazes me. I love it. I love it so, 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 so goddamn much. Command Con dates for next year have already been announced. I believe it's April twelfth through the fourteenth. Um, Geekdom will be um, hosting or whatever, moderating uh, a lot of the stuff again this year. So he's on board. Um, how do you up? How do you up this year? You got Rihauri Coward, dude. Let's see if we can get Masako Nozawa to do her to do a U.S. appearance before. God forbid. Knock on wood, dude. Knock on wood, she passes away. So, uh, hopefully we'll be there this year. I don't know. Kind of want to talk to Kamehakan about some shit. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to say anything else right now. But uh, that's super dope for this week. Uh, Thank you guys for all the well wishes. When I announced I was sick on Sunday, a lot of the regulars... uh, reached out and said hope you feel better dude so i really appreciate you guys um i'm feeling a little better uh, i gotta sing tomorrow night for like four hours so hopefully i'm feeling better tomorrow um what else uh oh yeah if you listened to the infinity war thing that me and brandon did last week thank you if you haven't and you're interested in our feelings on the movie go check that out um Godzilla podcast. I, I, I've i been meaning to... I think I've mentioned it maybe. Me and Brandon are working on a Godzilla podcast with Shannon. And uh, I think that's going to be up in a couple of weeks at the beginning of June. Might have a little crossover-ish episode. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, in the meantime, dude, it's Wednesday. Fuck, dude. No, it's Tuesday. Why the fuck do I keep thinking it's Wednesday? God. God. You stay in bed for two days. Your whole calendar just gets destroyed, woof Uh, yeah, subscribe Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify if you're on Apple Podcasts, please rate review the show, helps other motherfuckers find the show don't you know, don't you know these are the breaks pick it up, pick it up, pick it up up. some Curtis Blow Uh, alright, that's it, I'm done hope that works might not have wind up all right now let's try a remix working. all right i'm done bye